Hey, Rob, it's Joe, and I am so happy that your work is giving you a temporary raise, man. It's not nearly enough, but at least they're showing some form of appreciation, which you and your coworkers absolutely deserve, man. The past few times when I've been forced to go into the grocery store, I've been super grateful to everyone working. They've all been so kind and brave, and it must just suck balls to just have to be out there, dude. So, you know, you're doing the Lord's work, man. Thank you. And I I mean, seriously, dude, I salute you. So have a good one. Stay safe, stay healthy, and peace out. In old school games, life is cheap. Don't be a dope. Bring your pole, oil, and rope. And try not to go down in a heat. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Down in a Heap podcast. I'm your host, Rob, podcasting to you live from beautiful Northeast Minneapolis. I am on day three of a seven-day self-quarantine. I started displaying some symptoms consistent with COVID-19, so I've been instructed to stay home for seven days and not return to work until... um, I'm fever-free for three days, have gone that quarantine day, and my respiratory problems are on the mend. I had had a cough, um, which isn't unusual at all for me. I tend to get those things uh, every springtime, and spring, has, or at least March, had been very mild, so I thought it was just kind of an early onset of my annual cough. Uh, but then I started feeling some heaviness in my chest and uh, woke up on Wednesday feeling just completely exhausted despite a long night of sleep and uh, thought I'd I better leave it up to management rather than leaving it to my own personal discretion. I've felt well enough to work, but the last thing I want to do is unwittingly give someone, uh, you know, coronavirus. Um I'm doing all right. I did. I do think I had a, a fever early this morning. I woke up shivering at 3 a.m., but that's subsided. And anyway, it's been a long time since I've put out a podcast. Uh, you heard Joe Richter at the top of the show, and thanks so much, Joe, for that message. I, I really appreciate it. And I direct your uh, thoughts and sentiments and thanks out to everyone that's doing essential work now, whether it's healthcare workers or social workers, police, fire, rescue, uh, anyone working in an essential retail situation or in the supply chain. Uh, thanks to all you people. Like all of you, I've had a long hiatus now from face-to-face gaming. We haven't played in I don't know if it's three or four weeks or something like that. We are starting to mess around with some potential online solutions. We had a Hangouts, a Google Hangouts uh, talk on Saturday, and um, we're going to have another one this upcoming Saturday. I'm hoping that will work. I don't see why it wouldn't, really. Um, there were no cutouts or anything. I've tried using Discord a couple of times uh, for voice, and it doesn't seem like it's 
reception's all that good unless I'm either in my porch or standing my back door or something, but for whatever reason, and maybe it's just coincidence, Google Hangouts seem to have no problem even though I was down here in my basement where all my game stuff is and I do my podcast recording and stuff. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, in the meantime, I have been plugging away at uh, my BX reimagining Whisper Tales of Gore, as well as noodling some more with the campaign concept of Lost Planes. So let's go to uh, a little game talk. I mentioned on past episodes that I've thought about doing a different concept to replace the cleric in a reimagining of BX. Mainly because, well, I guess there's two big reasons. One, I'm kind of tired of having healing solely in the hands of the cleric and prefer the idea of having all the magic grouped together so that there's no delineation between cleric magic and and arcane magic. So combining those spell lists and reorganizing them based on uh, a level that's equivalent to character level rather than having this different concept of leveled spells versus PC level and stuff where it's kind of wonky. I'm trying to restructure that so it makes has some more internal logic behind it. Even though we're all familiar with that paradigm, it's... Um, it's also just a, a way to reorganize the spells more accurately based on what kind of power level they are, because we all know there are some spells within the different spell levels that are better than others, or at least more effective than others in, in broader situations. But the other thing about the cleric class is I sometimes get a little bit uncomfortable, maybe is the wrong word, but just um, frustrated by the intrusion of religion into the game and um, I don't know it just it usually feels a little bit awkward and ham-fisted and uh, that's maybe largely my issue I should probably be better about when I'm running a game especially about talking to the player that is running a cleric and coming to com some kind of accord about how we're going to treat this because it's often just feels like, uh, I don't know. It just seems a little bit out of place, especially with, uh, the usual polytheistic setup in, in fantasy adventure games. Um, Instead, it seems like most of those cleric players are playing their cleric like a, uh, a monotheistic religion or something. Uh, but anyway, I think it might be a better idea to use this concept of champions, where your character is uh, a champion of an alignment rather than a specific deity or religion or something and they just seek to further the cause of their alignment and hinder the, the causes of other alignments. They're, they're trying to uh, advance their own cause at the expense of the others and rise above. So I was originally thinking of making a complete class 
of the champion. But instead, I've been noodling around with this idea of an, uh, of any character being able to just declare their allegiance and become a champion, provided they meet some requirements. So it's more like a overlay on top of a existing class. So here's what I've got so far. Uh, champions. The cleric from BX is gone in Whispered Tales of Gore. Instead, any PC who qualifies may choose to devote themselves to a cosmic alignment and become a champion. The following requirements and demands are placed upon the PC who seeks to become a champion. The PC must be at least third level, fourth for thieves. Choosing to become a champion may only be declared when the PC first reaches a new level, so when you acquire enough experience points to become third level, you could declare yourself a champion or, you know, declare your allegiance and become a champion. But, you know, a thousand experience points earned several sessions down the line, you, uh, you can't do that early, like right before you're going to advance to the next level. Um, and I'm, I'm putting that <coughs> caveat in just because of that. I don't want players to be tempted by oh I'm going to go up and level maybe now I should declare a champion because I only need another 50 experience points or whatever and, and boom I get a, a, a neato power um, I want it to be more like you're in it for the long haul and I <clears throat> excuse me I uh, had the level limit higher for thieves just because I realized that a thief could conceivably um get a lot more powers more quickly as a champion than any other class because they advance so much more quickly um, and uh, it works out all right I guess when you look at the tables and I'm not all that concerned about it anyway moving on the PC declares allegiance to one cosmic alignment chaos law or balance neutrality they must abide by the code of alignment presented in BX and are expected to attempt to advance their cause and damage other cosmic alignments at every opportunity. Failure to do so will result, at minimum, in loss of champion powers until penance of some sort is done. Repeated transgressions will result in permanent loss of champion status and could incur the wrath of former allies of your cosmic alignment. Now, I'm not in this reimagining of BX, and in fact, in most of my games now, I don't really use alignment for player characters. I use alignment for NPCs and monsters because that helps me just decide on their their general outlook and morality structure and demeanor. Um, but I think it's a little too much of a straitjacket for most players, so I'm only going to be using alignment for champions. Back to the document. They must have at least a nine charisma, and charisma is now also a prime requisite for the character. And in my reimagining, uh, prime requisites don't give you any bonus to experience points like they do in BX. Instead, at every level, you have the opportunity to raise attributes. If you roll 3d6 and uh, surpass your current total, it goes up by one. So if you have, say, a, a fighter with a, a 14 strength um, and you rolled a 15 or higher, their strength would go up to 15. Now with prime requisites, um, I'm going to have uh, 
the character can roll 4d6 and drop the lowest, so they have a, a better chance of surpassing that total uh, in their prime requisite than in any other ability score. And for those classes that have multiple prime requisites, they have to declare which one they're using as their quote-unquote prime requisite that level before they roll any dice. All right, moving on. Uh, the benefits of being a champion. All champions receive plus two on saving throws, so much like a, a paladin in, in AD&D. Each level, while a champion, they may also choose one boon from the list below. Note some are restricted by cosmic alignment. And I list, um, I don't know, maybe a dozen different powers. Beguiling influence, which allows the champion to cast a charm person spell. Breathe water. Uh, dark vision. Divine aura, which basically is an area of effect that duplicates the remove fear spell for a champion of law, or its reverse cause fear for for the enemies of a chaos champion. Fates intervene once per day. The champion may re-roll any die after seeing the result, and then they can choose which roll takes effect. It can only affect the rolls that they that player actually makes. So you couldn't use it on uh, the role of one of your comrades or the or the DM's role. Healing hands, uh, the character of the champion may cast Cure Light Wounds once per day. Protection, the champion can may cast Protection from Evil once per day. Resistance to Cold, the champion has a permanent Resist Cold spell in effect. Uh, resistance to Fire, same thing except it's uh, Resist Fire is in effect. Sixth, sixth, uh, <laughs> sixth Sense, the champion develops an almost supernatural awareness. They are only surprised on a one in six. Smite, the champion may cast the spell striking once per day uh, to affect the, their weapon. And the extra damage only applies to creatures of a different alignment from the champion. Speak with animals, the champion can cast Speak with animals once per day. Turn Undead um, is basically a, a duplicate of the the powers uh, listed in BX to the cleric and the champion is treated as a first level cleric when they first choose this boon and then it goes up automatically um, a level every time the champion advances in a level um, <clears throat> and I, I noted in here additional boons can be worked out between players and DM especially unique ones for, for demi-human champions. So, as the rules are laid out, any class could, any player could choose to become a champion if they meet that criteria, the charisma or restriction, the level or requirement, and just declaring an alignment. So you could have dwarf champions, halfling champions, magic user champions, thief, fighter. Uh, so what are the restrictions? Each level gained as a champion, they are treated as being under a quest spell, where they must fulfill some goal of their cosmic alignment. This can be given by the DM, or it could be an appropriate one suggested by the player of the champion. And then second, once they become a champion, the PC no longer receives any experience points for treasure, which in BX is a big deal because... You know, even the way I deal out experience points where I give awards for exploration and uh, and just play bonuses for role-playing and stuff. Um, 
treasure still makes up probably at least 60% of most sessions experience points. Instead, well, here, gold and riches are the goals of normal adventurers, and the champion now has quote-unquote higher motives. Instead, they gain experience points for furthering the position of their cosmic alignment and thwarting those of differing ones. Their, war, their reward is based upon the scope and impact of their actions. Further, they gain experience points for slaying any opposing champion, 500 per level of the slain champion, and completing quests, 1,000 per level. So if you were a 5th level champion and completed the quest that you were assigned when you uh, became 5th level, you'd get 5,000 experience points. And I imagine these quests would be more commensurate with the level of the champion. Um, you're not going to be asked to uh, <laughs> um, return the Ring of Power to the Cracks of Doom as a third-level champion, or I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't foresee something earth-shattering like that for a low-level character. But uh, yeah, that's all kind of. Uh, a DM fiat and player involved kind of idea to come up with some cool motivations for your champion. Anyway, that's what I've noodled with so far. Let me know what you think of the idea. If you have any suggestions to improve it, or if you've done anything like this in the past, I'd be interested to hear about it. If you want to defend the cleric, if I'm all wrong in my assessment or my, uh, the direction I'm taking where I'd like to remove that class from the game, feel free to chime in, or about anything else. And I hope this podcast finds you, your friends and family, all doing well and uh, not succumbing to this illness and um, having a good, positive outlook despite all the challenges we're now facing. But, uh, yeah, until I talk to you again... Don't go down in a heap. Alright, P.S. on the champions. I listened back to the last segment and realized I hadn't explained myself very well on my reasoning for only permitting players that first, when they advance to a, a new level... That's the only time they could declare or become a champion. And it's because I wouldn't want anyone to, to like, double dip. So, as a third-level PC, like a third-level fighter, and you're 100 experience points away or a couple sessions away from advancing to fourth level, and you say, all right, I'm going to become a champion, and you get the power or the boon and the bonus to saving throws, um as a, a third-level PC, and then a session later, two sessions later, when you acquire enough experience points to go to fourth level, you get another boon right away. So you're just, like, kind of retroactively uh, getting a, an additional boon without having the um, the penalties in effect for most of that level or the requirements and expectations of being a champion. Anyway, hope that clarifies things. Uh, and, oh, uh, one other thing, some of the boons you get uh, 
an additional use of a, of the the boon if you have a 13 or higher charisma. So it does encourage you to um, put a higher score on your charisma other than just reactions and henchmen, the usual stuff in BX. Anyway, thanks for listening. Don't go down in a heap.